It's good to see you all here this morning. Are there anybody, are there any folks in here that were not here for the early bird service? All right, there's a few lazy llamas in here then. A few lazy llamas. So I encourage you to stick around. That was a good message. Uh, we need that. Pastor started in there and um, I, I pulled my notes out and showed Cindy a quote, one of the quotes that I was, uh, that we're, you're going to see here in a moment. And I thought he's going to steal my Sunday school lesson. <laughs> and uh, so, but I don't know, that's, I believe that's an indication of the Holy Spirit working. And uh, we need to learn some things and begin doing some things in our lives, I believe. And, uh, but that was a blessing. Colossians chapter 1 again this morning. Um, I trust that I will not be distracted. If you notice, I don't have my geek goggles this morning. Um, I have contact lenses, but I have monovision. So one, I can read the maximum occupancy sign and the verse on the banner. And the other one, I can read the text from the scripture this morning. So, And I, it's weird because you can tell which eye is focusing on certain things at times. The longer you have them in throughout the day, it kind of adjusts and it just naturally happens, but it's, it's kind of bizarre how your, your brain adapts so you can see. Um, so I had to come up here and test to make sure that I could be able to read in front of you this morning. Uh, and it worked Wednesday night, so I was pretty confident, but Wednesday night I had one of those music stands that you can kind of go up and down, right? You could focus it. <laughs> Uh, downstairs, and but this one's solid, so we can't do that this morning. But uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, I trust you're in the Word uh, throughout the week, and, and uh, you're praying and, and walking with the Lord. And this morning, we're going to talk about strengthened saints. But before I do that, I need to apologize for last week. Apparently, I shortchanged you. Uh, you guys don't even you guys don't even know what I'm talking about. But um, as I was uh, preparing this week, thanks, Pastor. But uh, um, you know, you tried to, I, I don't know, I, I'm trying to be more expository and, and really develop things, you know. Um, and so last week, I, if you remember, does anybody remember what we talked about? Nope, that's what I thought you guys did. But uh, well, we talked about a saving faith and a steadfast hope, and then we talked about uh, a, a love in the spirit or a supernatural love. And uh, those are things that we were required to grow. And it's funny because I came across the message this week that it was, I didn't listen to the message, so I don't know what the fourth thing was. But apparently in the, those, because it's had the Colossians 1 verses 1 through 8 that we talked about last week, but this person said four things we need to grow. And so I, apparently I shortchanged you last week. I apologize. Um, I don't, I, it was, I was searching through podcasts and different sermons and stuff, and I came across that one. So I have to apologize. But uh, we're going to move on uh, nonetheless and uh, look at verses 9 through 17, or we were going to go down to 17, but I didn't make it that far in my preparations and my uh, study, and so we're going to call our quits uh, there at verse 12. So let's start by reading our text, verses 9 through 12 this morning. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, 
which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. You know my desire is that, Lord, your word would speak to hearts this morning and draw us near to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, speak in spite of me, and Lord, that you would use uh, the word of God today to do a work in our hearts that would help us to be uh, greater workers, Lord, for you, and Lord, that we would truly uh, show fruits uh, of righteousness in our lives. And Lord, we do thank you for this time. Pray for your blessing upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. And so this morning, we're going to look at a few things that Paul prayed and and uh, <clears throat> for the, the, some things that he prayed for and he desired to see or to be evident in the lives of the saints at Colossae, and probably all the saints, right? We know the Apostle Paul prayed. There, I don't know if there's an epistle that, that was written by Paul that doesn't mention that he's praying for them. In, in every one of the, the, the books that he writes, it, he says that he's praying for them. And, and so Paul's intercessory prayer, if you will, for them in, in verse 9 says that... Um, he does not cease to pray uh, for you, and he desires these things uh, for them, is what he says there in verse 9. And of course, we know that this doesn't mean that Paul, all he ever did was pray, right? We understand that's not what he's saying. Uh, we understand it wasn't just he was on his knees 24-7. Uh, obviously, he wasn't. He had to make time to write the scriptures, right? And uh, he was a preacher, and he traveled. Um, but guess what? You can pray while you travel. Will you drive? Will you walk? Well, and uh, I know I do that a lot. And, and uh, but that's what it's, he's talking about here: his attitude of prayer. He never ceases to pray for those people. And, and uh, listen, this morning, are you praying for the brethren? Um, I know I prayed for you folks this week, and and uh, I trust you prayed for me as well. And and listen, it's, it's encouraging to know that we're praying for one another. And uh, listen, we're not in this alone. Uh, we need one another to encourage one another and pray for one another. And uh, listen, do you desire to see God work in the lives of other believers? That was Paul's desire in this prayer. He said, I want to see God doing a work in and through you in Colossae. That was his, that was his prayer. And it says there in verse 9, For uh, this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. And look what it says and to desire that you might be filled with knowledge. And so he had some desires for these other believers. I desire for you this morning to get something from the Word of God to make you a more effective servant for Christ. Uh, that's my desire. It has nothing to do with me. Because I, if you guys knew me like I knew me, you would know I'm not worthy to be here. And, and so, but it's the Word of God. Um, and, and we believe that, that God can use the foolishness of preaching, right, to, to, to make a, a effective uh, change in our lives. And so uh, I didn't design it. God did. And uh, I'm just thankful that I can be a part of it. And, uh, but he prayed and desired that these Christians in Colossae would flourish in the work of the Lord. And I came across this quote from uh, Matthew Henry. seems like I've been quoting him a lot lately, but um, this is... This is Pretty simple, but I, I think it interest, illustrates a good point. Here's what he says. He heard that they were good, right? Because he'd heard, we talked about that last week, Epaphras has sent a report of, of the great things that, that was going on in the lives of these people at Colossae. And so uh, Matthew Henry says this. He heard that they were good, and he prayed that they might be better. 
just praying that, man, things are going good there. God, continue that work and, and bolster that and make it better. And uh, I, I trust that's your prayer. Listen, things are good here at Liberty. I'm thankful for our church and what God is doing here. But don't you want it to be better? I absolutely want it to be better. I want God to do greater things than we've seen to date. Uh, We need to pray to that end. Pray that God would do that. And and, uh, when I was in high school, and and Cindy could say the same thing, um, we would do a morning rally. I don't even know know what we called it. We would come together in the auditorium of the church. This is after my dad put me in this weird, crazy Christian academy. Um, and so I'm in this Christian school, and, and we would have like a morning gathering, and it would just be a quick uh, word of prayer, usually pass on any announcements. And, but uh, the principal, he had this saying, good, better, best. Let's never rest until our good is better and our better is best. And so we're, nobody's arrived. We just need to continue uh, striving and going forward because... Uh, we want to do more for God. We ought to be striving to grow in Christ each day. And listen this morning, it will not happen accidentally. You're not going to just wake up more spiritual. And you'll see what I'm talking about when we talk about strengthened saints here. And, and so we're going to look at, uh, I think it's three things. I may, we might get to the fourth one this morning. I got four on my notes, but um, I don't know if we're going to make it that far. Um, but he prayed in verse 9 that they might be filled. Uh, the Apostle Paul is praying for them to be filled, and, and uh, <clears throat> Paul prays uh, the saints will be filled with the knowledge of his will. Uh, the word filled here, play rue, I believe is how you pronounce it, to make replete, or literally, here's what it says in Strong's, to cram. It is a net, is the idea, and, and I couldn't help but think of the account in Luke chapter 5. If you want to turn there. So the idea to be filled, to be crammed full in, did I say Luke chapter 12? Luke 5, sorry. Luke chapter 5, I don't know if I, I said anything, but, but it is in Luke chapter 5. And, and uh, <clears throat> so verse 7 is, is where we're at, but let's back up into verse 4. Now when we had left speaking, of course we know this is Jesus on the lake of Genesaret. And uh, he gets into the ship to, uh, uh, to teach the people. And in verse 4, it says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto the Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. He said, Listen, this doesn't make sense. What you're telling us doesn't make any sense. We've been working at this all night. But then he goes on and says, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And verse 6 is, when they had uh, this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their uh, partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. That's the idea this morning, to be crammed full. The Apostle Paul was praying that they would be filled absolutely crammed. The nets were breaking and the ships were sinking. Uh, That's your cup full and running over. And that's the Apostle Paul's prayer, that they would be filled and and ultimately that they would be strengthened. And uh, uh, just as we read in this account in Luke, in order to be filled, we must be in the Word and obedience to the Word. Right? And, And so they could have said, hey, Jesus, we've toiled all night. 
Thanks for the advice, but uh, we're headed to shore. They could have known everything they needed to know. They could have had all the knowledge. They could have read the, the, the book cover to cover. But unless they're obedient and become doers, they don't experience the filling. The, the, the ships would have went to the shore empty. They would have not experienced the filling. Uh, but the filling became or, or came when they heard the word of Jesus and they obeyed and did the word of Christ. And they let those nets down regardless of whether or not it makes sense. Listen, sometimes the things that, that God wants us to do in life don't make earthly sense. Uh, sometimes I know I've been felt led of the Spirit to do certain things and it didn't just it seem just, I'm not sure why God wants me to do this. I'm going to do it anyway. And then later on you realize, wow, the Lord protected me from this or from that. And, and listen, uh, we need to be doers. Uh, if you want to be filled, if you want to be strengthened in your walk with God, you got to do the Word of God. you got to know the Word of God, but you have to do it. Um, <clears throat> what a blessing. Uh, the idea here is to be fully possessed influence controller to take over. And uh, what comes to your mind when you hear the statement, he was filled with fear. He was filled with fear. Uh what comes to your mind? Is that person good? No, they're making their decisions and they're acting based on this feeling of fear. Uh, they're not responding in a way that might seem rational because they're full of fear. And um, <clears throat> you envision somebody that's uh, motivated by that fear and every move and action in the, is a product of that fear. And it's very similar in the Christian life. The knowledge of God's will is to pervade all our being that it controls all our thoughts, affections, purposes, and plans. The more of the mind of Christ we have, the more God can bring his control into our lives. The Apostle Paul wants them to be filled with the knowledge of his will. and Filled with the knowledge of his will. Generally speaking, this is the whole counsel of God's truth regarding the person and work of Christ in the Bible, right? That's generally speaking. Right? What, what, what is God's will? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Right, That's his will. And so the word of God is from Genesis to Revelation. It, it, that is the theme. And so um, we, we desire that in our lives. And um, this is precisely the Lord's point to the two disciples on the Emmaus Road. Uh, again, in Luke, you can turn there if you want, but verses, in chapter 24, verses 25 through 27, it says this, Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe, all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things? And this is Jesus speaking to these disciples, right? And, and um, they don't realize that it's him yet. And to enter into his glory, and he began at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things covering himself. The will of God, the word of God. And uh, we're not talking about um, the day-to-day -day, uh, will of God that a lot of people think of, um, that it's, uh, you know, which car should I buy? Which home should I purchase? Where should I live? Who should I marry? That's what we're talking about. And, and, uh, but this knowledge also is not just um, <clears throat> sheer intellectualism. Right, the, the Christians were facing that in, in Colossae and, and in the Roman Empire, and there were a lot of things vying. You know, they were basically trying to take and, and add Christianity to all these other things. 
And it was all about knowledge and information and understanding. And so, um, but then the context of this passage, Paul's praying that they were filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that they might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing. We see that in the verses to come here. Um, it's God's will that our walk is pleasing to him. That's God's desire. How do we figure out how to walk? By getting in the word. By, by staying faithful to uh, reading and, 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 and submitting ourselves to the preaching of the word of God and, and putting our place in to be surrounded by the word of God. And uh, when we increase in knowledge and our understanding of the word and walk in it, it will produce fruit pleasing to him. We see that in, in these verses as well. I don't, I don't see them because I'm not on the right page. But um, it's uh, oops, Thessalonians, page 225. <clears throat> it says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. And the, the desire is, is we're not just trying to get filled up with all this information, knowledge, and understanding just to know things. But it's to be the thing that allows us to walk worthy and to please the Lord and to be good unto every good work, it says. And it will produce fruit pleasing to Him when we do this. It's not an understanding of His will as it were, and I kind of mentioned this, we should live or what profession we should have or should choose, but a moral compass, if you will, a basis for making wise biblical choices. That's what we're talking about is having the Word of God, I used the word copious a couple weeks ago, but copious amounts of the Word of God in your life so that it influences every aspect of your decision-making. Um, that's His will. It is how we as individuals fit into God's overall plan to redeem man. That's His will. How, we, how do we align ourselves with the Word of God into God's plan of redemption, if you will? I, I hope I'm making sense this morning. Um, but that's God's will for us. And we need to get into his word and figure out and, and get some knowledge and get all that wisdom and the understanding in order to find our place in his will so that we can do the works that are pleasing to him. Amen. And we can walk worthy, to him, uh, uh, you know, walk worthy in the Lord. We want to grow in the knowledge of the Lord so that it leads to pleasing him, not ourselves. It's not about us. Uh, we have nothing to offer. Um, and, and at the most basic level, I mean, if you just think about God, the creator, the king of kings, what are we going to offer? him? Other than that, which he enables us to do for him. That's all we have to offer. And uh, what a blessing it is to be a part of that. And and. Uh, <clears throat> Pastor, I thought he was going to preach my Sunday school lesson this morning. And, and uh, so here's this quote. I, I found it. It's in regards to prayer, but I think it applies in, in kind of the context we're talking about today. And uh, William Barclay says this, We are trying not so much to make God listen to us as to make ourselves listen to him. We are trying not to persuade God to do what we want, but to find out what he wants us to do. It so often happens that in prayer we are really saying, Thy will be changed. When we ought to be saying, Thy will be done. The first object of prayer is not so much to speak to God as it is to listen to Him. We're always trying to convince God that, Here, Lord, I'm going to do this. I need your blessing on it. 
What does God want? What is his will in our lives? That's the purpose of all of this. And if we would just get a hold of this book and make it a part of every aspect of our lives, we would be a different people. I believe that with all my heart. And, and it's a very convicting thought to think about. Because if we're honest this morning, there's every single one of us in this room would admit that we have things in our life that are hindering us in pleasing God in all good things. <clears throat> Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Excuse me, back up verse 10. That we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Look at what it says here. Being fruitful in every good work. I'm kind of leaving my notes here for a second. Sorry. Um, you don't know that. I guess I didn't need to say that. But um, Unto all pleasing. Being fruitful in every good work. Sometimes we get on our hobby horses and the things that we're good at. And we excel in this area. And we're, we're, we're pretty good at that. And, and people can see that we're good at that. And, and things are going okay. But we have this area over here that we neglect and we avoid to deal with. But if we would get in the Word, He will give us all wisdom and all understanding that we might deal with those things that are preventing us to do good in this area as well. Oftentimes we limit our usability uh, because we're not in the Word. God wants to, or we're not being obedient to the Word. Maybe it's like those fishermen that, maybe what if they chose not to cast that net? They wouldn't have been filled, right? But, but if we're not obedient, God could really make us useful in every good work instead of just these one or two over here that we're good at and we're comfortable with. How much larger influence could we have for Christ how much greater can we manifest God if we would deal with the things in this area? Um, it, being in the Word of God is convicting. And I, I, this is the Sunday school crowd. I understand that you guys know that. But if you get in the Word of God and you come at it with uh, pure intentions to whatever God has for me, I'm going to do. That's challenging. You start reading passages like this, and, you, and the Lord just pricks your heart. I need to do better in that area. God, forgive me for this. And, and listen, I'm afraid because it's difficult, oftentimes we avoid it. And so we don't gain that wisdom and understanding that we need to be fruitful in every good work. Back to my notes. Sorry. <clears throat> the wisdom and understanding are not man's wisdom. It comes from the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Um, that we might walk worthy of the Lord into all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, and look what it says here, and according to His glorious power. Uh, this power comes from Him. It's a supernatural power. It's not a power of ourselves, or, or we don't have this power because we have more information. Uh, but it's the Holy Spirit illuminating these things. Would to God that we might hunger for His Word and grow in wisdom and understanding. Do you desire the Word? Um, I'll be transparent with you. 
I went through a season a few months ago where I didn't, I just didn't feel like I had that. And I was remembering, I could think back of when I was a young person, and, and I'll never forget those times where it seemed like every word, at the time I was reading Proverbs, and it seemed like every verse in Proverbs was for Justin DeGarmo. Like, this is good. I, I want more of this. Give it to me. Give it to me. But recently I went through a period where that just didn't seem to be the case. And sometimes we struggle. We have, we have droughts and we deal with those things. And, but listen, what do you do? Just keep at it. Just keep at it. And, and I prayed, God, I need you. I just don't feel like I'm there with you. I don't feel like your word is speaking to me right now. And, and guess what happens? You just stay faithful, and next thing you know, you read the Word of God and say, oh, there it is, Lord, thank you. That's good. That's what I needed. But if you quit, you're not going to get it. And listen, if you're not willing to make the change that God asks you to do, you're not going to get it either. Because God's going to reveal things in your life. It's like looking into that mirror. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that scripture, right? And uh, here it comes. Thank you, Lord. And, and you're looking in that mirror, and there's that booger, Right? This wasn't in my notes. It's just for you. So, but, uh, but right, you know, you get up in the morning, you got those eye boogers, you got snot running out of your nose and, and all that stuff. And what do you do? You look into the perfect law of liberty and it reveals some things in you. And so I used the mirror to put my contacts in this morning. I used the mirror uh, for a couple, I think I kind of combed my hair, but um, <laughs> I looked in a mirror to examine myself this morning to make sure I was presentable. And it's the same thing. Uh, with the Word of God. And, and when we look in there and God reveals stuff, we need to deal with it. Because if we don't, we're not going to be prepared. We're not going to be filled and usable for every good work. <clears throat> God do, does not want us to remain spiritual babes. And I know you guys know these scriptures, but I'm going to read them uh, anyway. We ought to be maturing. 1 Corinthians 14.20 Brethren, be not children in understanding... How be it in malice, be ye children. Sometimes we got that flip-flopped. But in understanding, be men. We've got to grow up. And uh, <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 14.20. And then 1 Peter 2.2. 2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. God wants us to continue to grow and to develop into being more. He wants us to be filled. Uh, we ought to be filled with knowledge and understanding and in all wisdom and uh, in spiritual understanding. <clears throat> Wearsby says this, Great men of God like Charles Spurgeon, G. Campbell Morgan, A.J. Ironside never had the privilege of formal Bible training, but they were devoted students of the Word, learning its deeper truths, through hours of study, meditation, and prayer. The first step toward fullness of life is spiritual intelligence. Growing in the will of God by knowing the Word of God. I struggled for so long. I want to know what the will of God is for my life. And, and my, my frustration was I wanted to know the timeline. Right? I want to know where God, what the end state is, right? We always try to get ahead of God. Well, and, and listen, the will of God is for you to do those works right here, right now, today. Do those things that he's revealed to you in his word and said, this is what I want you to do. 
That's my will for you. And as you do those things, he's going to bring things. He'll open doors. He will close doors. He will do all those things that we want. And he will reveal those things. I struggled with, I think God wants me in the ministry, but I don't know what that means. And I, I honestly still don't have the answers where God's going to take me. I, I really don't. I want that, but I don't have it. But listen, I'm telling you this morning, I'm more content than ever before because I've accepted if I just do what God asks me according to his word today, all those things will be covered and taken care of. What a peace. You don't have to worry about it. He will reveal his specific will as you do his will. And we don't have to struggle over those specifics. Oh, where am I going to live? In the military, that's a constant. Where am I going to Are you going to PCS? Am I going to get orders? I don't know. I don't know, but listen, if, if I get orders, it's God's will. I'm trusting him. I'm praying that we don't. Um, but uh, we just need to do the word of God in our lives. God wants to use us. And, and we, I kind of got ahead of myself that we might walk worthy in verse 10. His prayer is, he, so he wants them to be filled. He wants them to have all this wisdom and, under, and spiritual understanding. And what's the reason for that? That we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing and being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He just wants us to continue to grow and increase and increase and increase. And he prays that they might walk worthy of what? Worthy of the Lord. Uh, that is a tall order. He's a holy God. That's a big deal. I think Breck would call that serious business. Um, <clears throat> uh, he goes on to qualify it and by stating, unto all pleasing, what is pleasing to the Lord? It goes on to say being fruitful, right? Being fruitful is, is pleasing to the Lord. And, and, uh, but not only fruitful in something, but in all things. This is where I kind of got ahead of my, my notes. Um, the knowledge of God and spiritual wisdom and understanding enables us to walk in a worthy manner as we can, or so we can please the Lord in every situation of life and bear fruit for Him. Every situation that you face in life, God has given you the solution to make the decision to do the thing that pleases Him in that circumstance. You just have to know. You have to be in the Word to know what He wants you to do. He's revealed that. <clears throat> Here it is. We should be fruitful in every good work, not just the two or three that we are comfortable with. It's in my notes. I just got ahead of it. We are able to do this when we are filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and understanding. Right? All wisdom and understanding. What we've been talking about. If we are going to please the Lord... With our lives, we must endure and not focus on earthly things, but set our affection on things above. And that's later on in Colossians. I know you guys have read this, this epistle before, but, but that's not what I said. That's uh, chapter 3, if you need to be reminded of that. That's, uh, we can't be distracted with the things of earth. And uh, 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 4 says this, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Look at verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. As a military man, I can understand that at, at maybe a greater level than somebody that's not in the military. Um, the Air Force, there's sayings that, and I know you guys have heard them, if they wanted you to have a wife, they would have issued you one. Right? If they wanted you to have kids, that, those things are distracting from my military service. Um, there are things that our society is dealing with today with marriage and divorce, they just came out with a new policy in the Air Force to now you can apply for an assignment because you have custody issues because you're divorced and, and there's all these things that, what are those things? Those are the affairs of this life that are distracting them from being the airmen that the Air Force needs them to be. Um, and listen, if we're not careful, we can be distracted with the affairs of this life. We could allow this not to have the prominence in our life and in the material things, our careers, um, our friendships. Uh, we could go on a list of things that we could allow distraction in our lives to prevent us from serving God like we ought to. And we'll talk about in, in Timothy there, it talks about enduring hardness. And you'll see in this passage here, uh, Paul is, is addressing that in a, in a the same thing in a, in a little different way. Um, but listen, life's not going to be easy. I've done a little soldiering in my life. And I'm thankful I'm an airman. Um, soldiering is, is tough business. Uh, sleeping in a hole is not the desired place to be. And, and so sometimes in the Christian life, we will face suffering, tribulations, and we need to endure that. Um, and, and we'll see that in our, in our passage here. But, but listen, we can endure that at a greater level if we're not entangled with the affairs of this life. If you are not concerned about all these worldly things, listen, if you're so steeped in debt that you, you're afraid if you work, miss a day at work, you can't pay your bills you're not going to be as effective for the Lord as you could be if I could take time off because I'm debt-free and it doesn't matter. Right? The affairs of this life can bog us down and prevent us from becoming what God wants us to be if we're not careful. And uh, we ought not be entangled with the affairs of this life. Um, listen, and why is that? So that we can please Him who has chosen us. Right? That's why we're doing it. It's not because we want to you know, be on our high horse and be self-righteous about how we live our life. No, it's, it's just the honest truth that we just want to please our God. I'm not going to get involved in these things because I want to please God. I want to, I want to allow those things to entangle me. And, uh, and he, he, so he, he, I love this idea, strengthened with all might. And, and of course, uh, it's not according to our power, it's his power, his glorious power. And look what it says, all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Paul prays that they would be strengthened. Just as they needed strength, and so do we, to overcome temptations and to endure hardness. And this strength is not of human origin. 
It's according to his glorious power. Look at 2 Corinthians 12 and verses 9 and 10. It says this, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. The Apostle Paul is going to glory in those things, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. The strength is from Him. And when I was reading this passage and I've been meditating on it over the last few days, and, and I, I, was, I thought, you know, sometimes when you're preparing stuff, you kind of write down notes like, okay, that'll be a main point, this will be a main point. And then when you start studying, the Lord just kind of changes it all up. And this was one of those cases where I was like, strengthen, yeah, let's be strong, you know, and you think about that. But then I read the whole verse, and it says, strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering. When I think of strength, I don't think of patience or longsuffering. That's just, that wasn't my initial thought about what I thought I was going to share with you this morning about being strong. It, had, it was strength, or patience had nothing to do with that. But that's what this passage says. And sometimes God is going to force us. When I say force on purpose, God is going to allow us. He's going to force us. He's going to put us through some difficult things to help build our patience. So we can be long-suffering. <clears throat> Which strengthens us. We just want to be strong. I want to wake up strong, right? I, I want to wake up being able to do 20 pull-ups and stuff. And, 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 but guess what? I want to eat pizza and ice cream too. And they don't go hand in hand, right? And, and so uh, sometimes we have to let go of things and focus on the right things so that we can be strong. And uh, we have to endure and we looked at that verse in Timothy where he says, endure hardness. Uh, God never promised this to be easy. He never promised, and, and, and a pastor said it, name it and claim it and everything's great. He didn't use that same thing, but that's kind of the idea, right? Yeah, I'm just going to name this, claim it, and everything's going to be great because God's going to just come through for me. That's not our God. Our God allows us to deal with uh, trials and struggles, and difficulties to increase our patience so that we can become long-suffering so that we're strengthened. Um, he, he's strengthening us. The Apostle Paul says that they would be strengthened with his power unto all patience and long-suffering, and, and it says with joyfulness. Nobody wants, that's, that's pretty hard to do sometimes. Uh, do it with a good attitude. And all patience and long-suffering, we must be strengthened for, strengthened for the long haul. God allows suffering in our lives. If we are not supernaturally strengthened, we cannot endure. It, 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 the power comes from Him. Philippians 1.29 says this, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. We're going to suffer. It's going to happen. It, God said that it's going to happen, and, and sufferings are coming. We must suffer long and patiently with joy. Suffer with a smile on your face. 
I'm enduring this for the Lord. This is pleasing for the Lord. It's strengthening me. And uh, that, that is uh, counterproductive in my mind, at least. And I don't know if you're following my thought process this morning, but that doesn't make a lot of sense in our day and age. Uh, or even in the day and age of the Colossians. Humanly speaking, that doesn't make sense, is what I'm saying. It, it just doesn't, it, it's backwards. I go through these difficulties and, and have joy in it. What? Say what? James 1, 4, uh, James chapter 1 and 1 through 4 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. And then verse 2, it says this, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. There's that word again. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. We find joy in God working through these trials and sufferings to make us perfect or mature in Christ. That's where the joy is. We're becoming more like Christ. He suffered, did he not? Uh, God is good, and, and we're going to leave it right there because i got another point here, but we will not make it. Uh, through that point. Um, listen, this morning, it's all about Him. He fills, He strengthens, and He makes us meet. Look at what it says there in verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers. And, and I'm, I'm kind of skipping over the giving thanks because we don't, definitely don't have enough time for that this morning. But, but listen, he's, it's all about Him. He fills us. He strengthens us. He does it all. And he makes us meet or suitable to be partakers. Uh, what a blessing to know. And uh, he gives us the enabling power to allow us to suffer and serve him. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this word. And Lord, we pray that you would just uh, burn your word into our hearts and in our minds. And I pray that we would be a people of the word of God. That we truly would study Lord, and read and meditate and memorize the Word of God that we might know your will. And Father, I pray that you would do a work in our midst. In the following service, I pray, Lord, that you would use pastor, fill him with your spirit. Lord, just uh, hide him behind the cross. And I pray, Lord, that this place would be filled. And Lord, that you'd speak to hearts, that souls would be saved. Lord, I pray anybody that's without Christ today would not leave without dealing with that. And Father, I pray that the Christians this morning would be strengthened. And Lord, edified and encouraged to continue serving you. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.